you're listening to episode four of season five of Partnerships and Possibilities, a podcast on leadership. In this episode, Tethers and Widgets. Hi, I'm Sharon. And I'm Diana. And we're going to be talking about leadership in organizations. Leadership in organization happens at all levels and takes many forms. Diana, the other day I was reading an article in the uh, Oregonian, which I thought was rather interesting, about the concept of an untethered office. Mm-hmm. Have you? Are you familiar with that well, term? I don't know what they're, what are they calling an untethered office? Well, they're saying that um, this was a description of a company in um, Los Angeles, I think it was, and they um, they basically, yeah, uh, Los Angeles, they basically have eliminated designated spaces ah, for yes. everyone. Yeah, yeah. Everyone in the organization. And so um, when, you know, people come to work, they find, simply find a place to work, and they, um, can, they can choose between a, a slightly in, enclosed space that will give them some more privacy if they need it, or they can that there are sort of designated cluster areas so like all the legal people might be uh, in the in, in the west corner and you can go set up shop mm-hmm, next mm-hmm. to them um, if you're in that department and the idea is that everyone carries everything they need on their laptop and they're they have I think one small file drawer somewhere that maybe is also portable, I can't mm-hmm. remember for sure, um, which they can access, that where they can actually put paper yeah. copies of things. Right. And I was thinking... Yeah, that's that's actually... I wouldn't say it's common, yeah. but I've seen that a lot of places now. Well, where, I have seen it... Where people are kind of roaming... Yeah. Yeah. And it ha- I think it happens a lot in play, in uh, organizations where people work from home a lot. Yes. But it also, but I've also seen there's a, a very large financial institution uh, on the East Coast. Um, and while I was there, I met a number of people who, um, who basically were in that position. They, they, they could work anywhere in the company but there wasn't a specific somewhere mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. them and all around um the com- this i don't know this this place had five or six buildings and all around the in in a campus and all around the different campus buildings you know you would see these places in the hallways and around where people could stop and but everybody had a laptop everybody had a cell phone mm-hmm. that were company provided mm-hmm. and um yeah the expectation was that they would just be where they needed to be to do their work and that um that would configure and reconfigure as it was needed well you know i've seen it done even quite some time ago where people were uh, traveling a great deal. Yeah. And and if you had 20 salespeople, 
but at any given time, only 10 of them were ever going to be around. You, right. you had 10 desks right. and people just right. parked where, when they were in. But for people who essentially are at work most of the time, what would be the implications of working in a space where nothing was yours, where, mm -hmm. where no photos, no books, you know, I, I put myself in that position, and I think, yeah, personally, and maybe it's my age, but I'm not ready to go to a completely digital life. Right. I, I need, when I'm writing something sometimes, to look up that one paragraph in one book where so-and-so was talking about such-and-such, and I can see it, it's on the left-hand side of the page, and I, I kind of need to thumb through the book and find right. it. I could never do that digitally. I just couldn't do it. Right. You know, because I have a visual well, memory of how is, I learned yeah, it. Yeah. Right. And the assumption is that every book that yeah, these folks might want to refer to is they have as an ebook somewhere in there. So these are people who didn't start collecting books before 2000 or 2005 or something, right? I mean, they don't... They, but, but, but if that's the yeah. case, if yeah. that's the case, then, then this is a concept, if, if what you're saying is true, that almost automatically precludes or excludes older people. Mm -hmm. That's wrong to me. I mean, yeah. I don't... I don't think that we're ready as a society or culturally, I just don't think it's well, right I, that you, we say that right. if you're over 40 and so you you have any memory of real books, yeah. that that you're, you're useless because right. you can't function in this exclusively um, digital environment. Well, the other part of that that you, that you mentioned in passing is the idea of kind of personal space. Um, well, that too, you know, yeah. Um, the, uh, e even in team spaces, I mean, the work, you know, that I do in the, with yeah. the Agile world, the software world, where we really look for collaborative, self-organizing, co-located teams right. that, have, that have a common work area and stuff, there's all... All the ones that I've seen be really successful, they have also figured out how to accommodate for everyone to have a bit of personal space. Right. A place to keep the pictures of their kids. Right. Uh, a place to put their coat, for God's sakes. I mean, you know, just to, to store right. their lunch, right. you know, whatever it might be. And um, so there ends up being this idea of, or to take a personal call. Mm -hmm. So there ends up being this idea, this concept of caves and commons, which is there are areas where we all work together, where maybe mm -hmm. pairing stations are set sure. up, or or tables we can sit around and have a, a meeting or a conversation. And then there are private spaces where two people can go to have a more private conversation mm -hmm. right. or someone can go to have a private phone call or that sort of thing. And in addition to that, they will have some place 
and it doesn't always look like a desk, mm -hmm. but some place where people can have those kind of personal touch base, mm -hmm. you know, a, a few books, maybe the ones that they refer to the most, or pictures, or those kinds of things. Right. So, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's an interesting thing. I think it, for people who mostly work from home and come into the office one day a week or something, it makes more sense to me. You absolutely know, but absolutely but um yeah on a on a daily basis daily basis five days a week it seems cold well it yeah. does and i think it you know i wonder about the message that it sends to employees about to me it feels kind of like everybody's an interchangeable part mm -hmm. and and even though you might rationalize it as, well, it's a more cost-effective solution, um, you know, it just doesn't feel right to me for most employees. Yeah, I, I get it for people who work from home and are there rarely. I get it for people who are traveling maybe more than 50% yeah. of the time to have some little area maybe that they share and so who's ever in you. But even that is not maybe sharing all over the place. It's just perhaps right. sharing one common space allocated to that particular mm -hmm. category of employees. But there's something, I this, this really kind of set me back because I, I couldn't tell if my reaction to it was um, just, oh my gosh, this is such a change and I don't like it because it's such a change, <laughs> or whether there was really something not okay about it. But I think, I think it's the latter. Mm -hmm. Could be wrong. But um, as we're talking about it, I mean, I, I, I kind of, I, I'm not coming away with, reasons why I should be thinking this is a better idea. Um, yeah, I, well, I, in, in the first place that I saw this happening a lot, that big financial yeah. company, which was maybe five, six years ago when I was there quite a bit, um, I, I when I talked with people who were kind of in that mode who always had their laptops and their phones with them and they floated around and and um, they had in general they tended to be folks who had roles in the organization that were kind of cross-cutting so they needed to be here sometimes and there sometimes um, they didn't like it really? they, they felt untethered Mm -hmm. They didn't feel a connection that they had felt before when they actually had a place that felt like their permanent place. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and I, you know, whenever I hear, you know, more cost efficient or, you know, economies of, uh, of, scale. of scale or yeah. economies of whatever, you know, I always stop to think, well, have you... Have you only measured the easy-to-measure costs, or have you measured both the easy-to-measure and the hard-to-measure costs? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because there is a cost to setting up a system 
where people just feel less connected to your company. Right. That are going to feel less loyal to your company, less interested in your what your company is trying to do. Mm-hmm. And 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 I don't know if that's an outcome of something like this, but if it is, there's a cost there. Well, absolutely. But it would be very hard to measure it nope. and take it into consideration. Well, it wouldn't be over time. Yeah. If, if, in fact, you tried this as an experiment, let's say, and you compared your turnover costs before you made this kind of change and after, mm-hmm. well, that would give you data. But who in, who in heck's going to do that? Right. Because what they're saying is... Or absenteeism sickness costs. Right. Or, yeah. In order to make an idea like this work, the upfront square footage costs um, to build what, what they go on to call a free address office right. um, uh, is about 15% more because you have to make more of an investment in, the, mm-hmm. in technology um, right. to, to make that work. And then you get, you get that back and then some because you get a 30% savings in um, the, um, the projected rent and office expenditures and whatever. Right. So your net gain is about 15%. Okay. So, but once, once you've made the kind of outlay of money right. to, to create this, right. you know, well, then measuring it, and saying, "Whoops, we made a mistake," um, right. could be very pricey. Well, and but well, but the implication there is that many of those folks are not going to be there all the time. Because there's, I mean, if you've got thirty folks, and and there are thirty folks there all the time, whether they're tethered to a desk or not, you still have to accommodate thirty folks, right? You're not gonna you're not gonna be able to make any smaller. <laughs> smaller space for those 30 folks. Right. But so, you know, if you're going to say, well, oh, yeah, we're, yeah, we're yeah. doing this untethered office no, 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 because wait. people are home. Well, but wait. Right? If, you, if you were to assume that um, you have 30 folks, and even if they're there, I mean, if they're not traveling or they're not working from home, some of them are going to be out sick. Some of them are going to travel sometimes. Some are going to be in meetings. You know, you probably could, if you had 30 folks, you probably could plan, a, you know, plug-in space for 22 or something and figure that the rest would be doing other stuff. I mean, I'm not sure you'd have to plan right. 30, right. 30 spaces right. for 30 people. That's true. That's true. Yeah. And they point out that... You know, in any situation like this, they have lots of informal spaces yeah. where people can, you know, yeah. stop and visit or meet and whatever. Right, they have, they have to have the commons. They have the, the social commons. spaces. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, at any given time, a certain number of people are going to be there. Right. I, you know, I, I, there's something... Um, There's something else about this that troubles me, and yeah. I'm tr- and I'm trying to put my finger on it, and not doing a very good job of that right at the moment. But that has to do with that another thing that you said about it sending the message that people are interchangeable widgets. 
Yeah. And and it does ha- it does smack of that. Yeah. And you know, I guess if if we are all doing work that is similar enough that a a one setup is going to satisfy whatever piece of work we happen to be in, you know, whatever effort we're putting forth. Um, you know, maybe that would be okay, and I wouldn't feel quite like a cog in the machine. Um, but, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to imagine that you could really get away with that entirely. And I think in today's, in, you know, in today's work climate, particularly with younger people who are coming into the the workforce now who are characterized as um, folks who really value community and value giving back and, uh, you know, a number of different attributes that are ascribed to them, even though they're very comfortable with the digital part, um, I don't think they're going to be so comfortable thinking of themselves as interchangeable cogs in a machine. And they, you know, we all want to be seen for who we are mm-hmm. and, and, and have both our sort of universal humanness, but also our human uniquenesses mm-hmm. recognized and valued. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's that's the other piece I would really want to look at if somebody were asking me about when mm-hmm. you know we want to make this shift what do you think of it is I would say you know let's let's really talk to the people who work with you and see how okay they're going to be with this and how it's you know how it's going to impact them I think it would be a really good um if you were thinking about doing this sort of thing I think it would be a really smart move to do some field trips, you know, to go and check out some of the places that actually have this kind of setup and talk to the people there. Try to well, find a way to talk to them that they, you know, not like, yeah. Well, you, yeah, they, but, they, that this article pointed out that um, one of the advantages of, of this sort of workplace is that because when people leave at night, they take you know, their laptop, their phone, um, with them, basically they're leaving the workspace clean. And so that when the cleaners come in at night, they can, they can sort of, um, blast everything with some sort of a infrared ray that takes all of the germs and stuff. So for the germaphobes, they, they would love this because it would be completely sanitized. I thought it was like, way weird when I heard that. And well, and so, do you want to do you want to run your business in such a way that makes it easiest for the cleaners? <laughs> <What>? <laughs> no, is that it, the point? No, I don't the, the point was that that empl- every employee Keep could count on coming a into space. a totally well, sanitized healthy space. That so that Well, you'd have to. Right. 
I mean, if I'm going to be sitting in a space tomorrow, right. I don't want that. I have no right. idea who was there the day before or what they were doing there or anything. Yeah, I would want that. The other thing, though, I wonder about this is the the security vulnerabilities of employees. I mean, we're already hearing a lot of stories about people whose laptops get stolen or whatever, and it's got the entire database in it, or it's right. got, you know, all the contact information right. of all the clients. And so there's also some security issues here that would very much have to be dealt with and would have to take into account human frailty. Yes. You know, I forgot my laptop on the front seat of my car. And, <laughs> you know, so I think I I don't know... I mean, it's an interesting and intriguing idea, and I really wonder if it's if it's fixing more challenges than it's creating. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You know, we always think the new shiny thing is right, going right, to be right. better, and sometimes right. it is, right. but it also carries with it a whole new load of of issues, right? right? I mean, I remember way back when finally, you know, I, I hit the five-year mark or whatever. And we, we, were, we had begun our business together and yeah. we were a small business and there's this thing about, you know, if you can survive for five years, you're, you're doing okay, right? right? The most biz- small businesses end within five years and, and, and thinking, you know, well, we made it five years, we're successful. That doesn't mean we don't have problems. The problems are just different now, right, you right, know, right. And, and I like the problems of success better than the problems yeah. of, you know, struggling. But, but even so, there, it's not like there are no problems. Right. And um, so it's interesting to explore what the upsides and downsides of this kind of, having this kind of office are and to really be choiceful about what sets of upsides and downsides am I most willing to live with? Right, right. And what, is, what are the implications going to be for my particular business, my particular company, to in doing something like this? But a lot of people just like to hop on it because it's a bright, shiny new idea. And, that's, and because theoretically it's going to save money. Yeah. Right. Well, that's like outsourcing. Theoretically yeah. <laughs> right. saves money. And we right. all know what a load of... hogwash that is so well so obviously neither one of us is uh really enamored of this idea but we would be curious um Mm -hmm. if you uh if any of you listeners have any experience with this if you could share some stories and tell us a little bit more about it from your perspective we'd love to hear about it until the next time please leave a comment on our blog or email us, info at futureworksconsulting.com, or find us on Twitter, at futurewks. This has been Episode 4 of Season 5 of Partnerships and Possibilities. Thanks for listening.